Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Here with me is Greg. Yeah. Matt Hubertson. Are you gonna say? Are you gonna say anything, Matt? Hi, sorry, I was mid bite. <laughs> Hi. You knew we were starting. <laughs> and dealing with frogs, Avery. I'm always dealing with something new at the beginning of these. What episodes. is this? What is this new Pacific Northwest STD? Okay, so <laughs> I must hear about it. I, <laughs> frogs. If you didn't know, I moved to. You moved to wa- the state of Washington. Um, and you got frogs. Continue. <laughs> like a month ago, two months ago. <laughs> And there's, this just happened recently. This is in the last week. All of a sudden, there's just the loudest frog noises ever. And I thought it was like there was an exceptionally rainy night. No, it's been a week of frogs. Like outside, very loud frogs. You can hear them. I hope, I don't know if you can hear them on the microphone. No, I can't. Should I open the window? No, I don't think that's necessary. No, they're are you kill are you kind of terrified for you for you to do it though if you did it. No, I'm not scared of frogs. Like growing up there was I would hear frogs occasionally, but there's like loud No, but any large any yeah, any large contingent of animal like making a noise is terrifying. Like apparently actually it's like that's terrifying. Normal. I was like, Wow, is this gear extra froggy? And they're like, What? <laughs> this is normal. Have you killed any? Have no, you, like, I haven't oh, okay. seen them. I haven't seen them, but they're out there because you can hear them. They're so loud all day. Why does your mind go straight to killing frogs? I don't know. Up? She's killed. Do you know she's killed a pet pigs and like but a it's bunch not of other like, things? Yeah, because she raised it out of love. I don't and hear then an animal it. and think I need to go kill it. <laughs> like, <laughs> People do eat frog legs. Apparently, yeah, those are pretty good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna yeah. leave the frogs alone because it's not. It's not an annoying noise, at least. Like I can, you got to get on that hunter-gatherer grind set. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it's Very loud. Cool. Like, I'm telling you, you can hear it all day. It's not just at night. All day. And now the dogs are starting to go. I would actually hate that. I love silence. Yeah, it's become like ambient noise, though. So. Riff, riveting conversation. I'm by the... I'm by riveting conversation. Anyways, yeah. I'm by the window, so it's like very loud right now, and I haven't seen any of them. But Anyway, <laughs> please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod, and feel free to email us at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. I can't believe Matthew Hubertson was like, record the episode. This is going to be some great content. We heard about frogs. What do you think Good I job. was going to say? I don't know. <laughs> Matt was excited about this. You're telling me that wasn't an exciting opening? <laughs> Shut up. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is fascinating shit, Carlos. Are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, there's an amphibian infestation. This is our basketball episode. Wow, we haven't even gotten Break to the it. intro. 
whatever. This is our basketball episode. Uh, before we talk any hoops, I did. This, like I'm a child. I did. I did want to know. Did uh, any of y'all uh, watch the Super Bowl? Speaking. I of- I actually did. No. <laughs> no. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Did you, was did you watch though. the halftime? So you did watch the halftime show. Oh hell yeah, I did. Are you kidding me? That was awesome. I've never been happier. That was awesome. That was amazing. Uh, Greg, Greg, do you know who Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and uh, all don't those answer that? God, I'm so sick and tired of you asking this question, is Carlos. Dr. Dre, one of your colleagues, Dr. Carlos. <laughs> no, he's not. So you've never heard so of Dr. Mad. Dre. I can't tell if you're being serious. <laughs> I mean, wasn't Dr. Dre a thing before you were born? Where were you born? Yes, but like, that doesn't mean Dr. Dre's not still a thing. Like that's that's fair. That's fair. Like Tupac died a long time ago. I know who Tupac is. That's fair. Still mad he didn't show up. By yeah, the way. Was, yeah. People, really I saw Twitter. I saw Twitter was was like we're getting a Tupac hologram. It's in L.A. We've got Dr. Dre. I thought Snoop we were Dog. getting the real hologram Tupac. I thought he was yeah. coming out of hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Jim uh, Jim Mora knew apparently where. Uh, well, yeah, I thought Jim Mora was. was gonna tell <laughs> gonna everyone. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wildest shit I had ever seen. Anyway, yeah, I did. Sadly, I actually did. Don't tell anyone on Twitter. I did watch the Super Bowl, and it's just like every NFL game. I was like, why did I watch this? This is so stupid and boring. Um, I just I can't stand the NFL. Anyway, uh, is it too woke for you? No. <laughs> 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 uh, uh yeah there's all that there's all that uh the sexual just, anarchy of the halftime show did that oh, is that what takes. killed it for you was that the only i that i think that might be the only bad take about because i feel like we got a lot of bad takes with jennifer lopez and shakira uh-huh. oh this one we didn't seem to get any oh a takes. lot of people were like shocked that snoop dogg smoked weed before that going out <laughs> <laughs> does anyone do these people know who snoop dogg is i mean not, as if there's nothing more not the people like, from like not not the Ohioans, Ohioans. <laughs> all, like, all, all the, the Cincinnati all the fans Cincinnati were just fans stunned, are disgusted. She's like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. Very cool, weird stuff. Uh, anyway, let's let's just talk hoops. Usually, what we do is start with peak of the pack, but we're recording this on uh, Valentine's Day, so let's try a little bit uh, something different called heart melters. <laughs> The rule here is oh, simple. Oh, it's going to keep going. It's done now. No. Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> that was like NPR music. That was just. Uh, the, uh, the rule is simple here. Who has melted your heart this season? Pick. You could be a player. It could be a team. It could be a coach. Someone who's uh, made your heart flutter in the uh, Pac-12 hoops world. Um, and it could be because of their performance or, you know, whatever. So uh, let's, start with, uh, let's start with Greg. Who's been melting your heart this year? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the Arizona Wildcats. I uh, I was pretty high on them coming into the year relative to where most people were. I think like I thought they'd finish third in the conference. Uh, I thought they'd be the closest team to Oregon and UCLA. Uh, obviously, they have exceeded my wildest expectations, but uh, they're really really fun, and it's nice to have at least one of the two uh, powerhouses in the conference uh, doing what they're supposed to do. So. I have I have fallen in love with Greg, Arizona. Can you can you please stop being a horn? Pick one. Like, you can't pick an entire team. To, <laughs> I'll to pick one. Okay. All right. Pick I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick, pick Ben, ben Matherin. Matherin. Yeah. Yeah. I love Ben Matherin. This is shocking. That's but fine. I, I figured, he's kind of stealing mine right I could, now. I couldn't pick him because like uh, in our draft before the season, you remember I picked him for my uh, for my wing player. So that's right. I figured I couldn't pick him, so I picked his team instead. Good pick. Arizona's uh, Arizona's been awesome. What were we gonna say, Matthew Hubertson? 
Yeah, because they are led by the heartthrob of them all, ah. the sole architect of present day Gonzaga, Tommy Lloyd. That's true. This very clearly, like this turnaround has been very impressive, very very impressive. Yeah, he's installed like an. In- it's been it's been just looking back at this season. Uh, they play a very particular style of basketball. Um, they have a very clear identity. They know things that they want to do. They want to get out and run. They want to try to pick at uh, pick out the ball and get out in transition. They're going to blitz you. They're going to try to increase the number of possessions that they get. Um, and it's been insane to watch them go from kind of a boring, listless team last year to to being what they are now. People are talking about them in the national title contending kind of conversation. Like they probably. We're, they're really close to getting a one seed, I think, um, especially if they keep this up and get a run in the Pac-12 tournament. Like, I don't, It's been impressive. And the style is one where they could legitimately blitz their way through a tournament. They could also go really cold for a day, but yeah. <laughs> they could just, just run through a tournament pretty easily. It's not like this is the least sustainable style of play ever. No, yeah, we've seen Gonzaga do like do good things with the same style of play. Granted, they had better players, but uh, Arizona do they? Do they though? Capable. How dare well, you? Uh, let's they talk about this. They have the number this. one pick in the draft and the player of the year from last year. I think it's safe to say. And they, they have, have Slenderman. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's well, the okay. One pick in the draft. Let, let, let's talk about let's talk about this because I, I'm not I'm not convinced that Arizona's trio of bigs isn't as good as or better than Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. I am convinced. I'm just. I'm Chet not, Holmgren I, and Drew Timmy are both better than anyone uh, Arizona has I, on their entire I, team. I think Christian Coloco. I, I I think Christian Coloco is right up there with them. I think that he's not as offensively skilled as Drew Timmy is. I think Azulis Tubelis is though. Um, I, he's close. I don't um, and, so. and 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 Chet and and I think Christian Coloco's defensive instincts and his length. They might be better than Christian Colocos along uh, uh, than uh, Chet Holmgren along with his size. I I truly think that Arizona's they're at that level and they have better wings. I I don't know why we're talking about Gonzaga like they're some like insane superpower. The and Omar Balo who they can come off like he's coming off the bench and he's one of their best players analytically. I I just I'm not convinced. I I just I'm I guess I'm everyone assumes that Gonzaga's players are all, like Arizona is just Gonzaga light. I'm not convinced by that anymore. Greg is like, no. <laughs> okay. I will say that Christian Coloco has kind of fallen back into the player that we saw last year from him. I don't know where he's more raw ability, not as refined. Yeah. Like the last yeah. month, I feel like he's played more like that. Whereas I would say to start the season, I was making arguments that he was the best player in the conference. I still think he is one of the best, but I'm not so sure he's up there with Gonzaga's bigs. Per per player efficiency rating, and I know again we have problems with all of these PR's analytics. A stat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I think it's fine. I think it's good. Um, he's the best player in the conference of any rotation player getting any serious minutes at all. Um, he's the best player in the Pac-12. Um, he has the league's highest PER. Um, he's right up there in top five still um, in box plus minus defensive box plus minus offensive uh, box plus minus offensive rating defensive rating a lot of that again maybe maybe due to the fact that um, you know Arizona is just so damn good but when he's out on there on the court there's no like it's very clear that he impacts the game a lot he's number one in both offensive and defensive rating in the in the pack 12 um, which I, I don't know I mean I guess I'm just 
if, if you if you had to tell me like who was going to win in a matchup between Shet Holmgren and uh, and Christian Coloco, I, I'm not convinced that Christian Coloco loses that like more than six times out of ten. I think defensively, uh, Tubelis is going to be a liability against uh, Timmy and Holmgren, and Coloco doesn't do anything as well as Chet Holmgren does. Okay. I mean, to close out our national championship preview that we're doing here, <laughs> um, I hope they Greg, play can you tell me, by the way, it'd be a great matchup. I, I know that Gonzaga has had like your peak player in the past, as far as like your, your player of the year and everything like that. But have they done the thing that like your Kentuckys and Kansas have done where like, they've had a starting five of all-stars in the NBA type of a situation. Oh, all. well not that much. Cause I feel like, like, I feel like that's what's so hard to judge about Gonzaga is that they don't play anybody all season long and they do genuinely and legitimately have a best player in the nation type of a guy every year, but that they just, when you start getting into that third and fourth and fifth guy on the team, you start to feel like you match up pretty well. So I actually think Gonzaga's depth is really good. Uh, they've got a lot of good players. Now, they don't have the NBA depth of that Kentucky team or of a lot of, like, blue bloods. Uh, but at the same time, they still have top-end talent. Like, Chet Holmgren is, like, he was the number one player in his high school class. Uh, Jalen Suggs went top five last year. They recruit really well. And a- Andrew Nemhart is really good, too. And the system they play suits suits the talent they have pretty well i don't think they are i don't think this gonzaga team is as good as last year's gonzaga team but at the same time i don't think i don't think this arizona team's at that level yeah i mean i just uh, if we're talking about one of the things that you mentioned was uh chet holmgren being a top pick ben matherin's right there if you look at the mock drafts no he is he's he's in that he's a i'm looking at nbadraft.net right now Chet Holmgren is the third pick in this draft, per this mock draft. Uh-huh. Ben Matherin is sixth. There is a massive gap I, between I, the top three or maybe four in this draft and everyone else. I, like, I don't know. I guess I'm not entirely convinced There's a tier where nobody else is breaking in except for maybe Jaden Ivey. I'm, 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 not entirely, I'm not entirely convinced by that. But okay. All right. Well, Arizona is a good pick. Um, I think that suddenly Greg is underselling and underrating Arizona wildly, I think. Um, but, but before, before we'll talk more about them, but before that, Avery, who's your, Greg looks so bad. <laughs> uh, he was talking about his, his heart melting. I and love Arizona. Now... <laughs> I don't think they're the best team in the country. I'm sorry. He's so angry. <laughs> he was just, he's been selling us on Arizona all fucking season. And now it's like, you know what? I just think, I just think they're I've been JV selling Arizona in the context of the pac 12. Their, their peak is a first round exit in the tournament. That's it's just <laughs> yeah, it's what I see. Arizona guys. <laughs> just doesn't have enough talent to beat a 16 seed. All right, they just don't. That <laughs> it's another level, and they're never going to reach it. Every go. Who is uh, who's melting your heart? Okay, this, this this isn't shocking. Everybody knows what I'm about to say. The answer is Terrell Brown Jr. Are That's you a kidding good one. me? Yeah, he's the only reason that Washington's worth watching. They're Washington's not good. Okay, and I know. I'm the one that keeps saying, oh, they could make a run in the conference tournament. They're not good. The reason I say that is because of Terrell Brown Jr. It's absolutely insane what he's doing. Like, we can just go down the line of his most recent games. He had 29 points versus Arizona. I think at one point, Arizona had, like, a 62-21 to 21 run against Washington. 
and I'm pretty sure like 18 of those 21 points were from Terrell Brown Jr. Like it's it's absolutely insane. He consistently has more than a third of his team's points in every single game. Against Stanford, he had 30 points. Washington only scored 69 points. Like it's absolutely insane. And he, he doesn't do it from behind the arc. He does it all in the paint. And he's not the biggest guy in the world. And somehow he's still scoring on like excellent defensive players like Christian Cologo, for example. So he melts my heart. I legitimately watch Washington play just because I enjoy watching Terrell Brown Jr. play. He's awesome. Avery, the, the, the streets are saying that Brown didn't really break out until you moved to Washington. Your response? <laughs> well, I have that effect. I'm just kidding. No, I I, um, I wish I almost went to the Arizona game and I didn't because I knew Washington was going to lose and I wish I would have because it would just been the so first much fun. F- the first eight minutes of that game was electric. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Brown started that game like seven for seven and Washington had like a ten point lead or something early on. I would have gone just for those first Pretty eight sure they minutes. Had a that 14 was point insane. Lead at the beginning yeah, it, of the game and it was all Terrell Brown Jr. It really was. It was almost entirely Terrell Brown Jr. Insane. He is. Uh, fourth in win shares, third in offensive win. Uh, third, no, first in offensive win shares. He's number two in player efficiency rating. He's analytically the best player, uh, one of the best players in the Pac-12, and I think like that bears out in the stats. Like he's not. I don't think he's he's much more. We've talked about this. He's so much more than like a volume scorer mm-hmm. on a bad team. Um, and and Washington as a whole is bad, but he's he's elevating. Uh, Washington and is doing so much for them and he like he just matters so much for them they really they're Oregon State we've talked about it they're Oregon State without Terrell Brown Jr. honestly so that's a that's a really good pick um Matthew Hubertson what about you any uh he picked Tommy Lloyd didn't he oh yeah Yeah, yeah. Tommy Lloyd are you kidding me okay forgot about that don't you try to dismiss my man (laughs) that's a good one for me um only I get to dismiss Tommy Lloyd when he's playing against Gonzaga yeah clearly he's no longer a Gonzaga coach (laughs) clearly um I'm gonna throw one out for uh for for an old rival out there I'm gonna say Isaiah Mobley um oh yeah Isaiah Mobley I think is very quietly one of the top three or four best players in the Pac-12 uh, I was kind of just looking at his stats. He is um, USC's best playmaker in terms of assists. He's their best player in terms of player efficiency rating. He's their primary scorer. And he also has the team's highest defensive rating. Um, and when you watch him out there, it's like he does so much for USC. Even when he's having those off-shooting nights, and he does have them once in a while. Um, and he can score from all three levels, but sometimes he has uh, off nights. He still does a lot for them defensively requires uh opposing teams to kind of rework what they're doing on the inside not because he's particularly athletic and if you watch him he's kind of he's a little slow and and doesn't really have a ton of hops but he's long and he knows exactly where to be and i think a lot of that has to do with his development i think he's gotten much better over the years uh as a basketball player as a big uh what he's doing for usc is pretty remarkable now he doesn't quite have the same Terrell Brown Jr. argument now. He did before USC went on to beat UCLA. Um, but uh, but 
you know, it looked like that for a second when USC only beat Pacific by six. And I think anyone watching that team, like when Isaiah Mobley goes out to sit, it's uh, it's disastrous offensively. They're they're actually fine defensively, USC, without Isaiah Mobley out there because Chavez Goodwin does a really good job holding down the four. Drew Peterson's very long. Like, they've just got a lot of long dudes. But um, Isaiah Mobley's just he's, – He's quietly very fun to watch and uh, a really good player. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have him as my uh, as melting my heart. Any other uh, candidates though that you all want to throw out there for players, coaches, teams that have uh, melted your heart this year? I know I have someone, but I've forgotten them. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're, we 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 are so good at talking shit. We're really bad at praising yeah. players. Yeah, I have a lot to say in this next. Don't worry, yeah, oh, I've, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff to say for go. broken well, my heart. Let's uh, stick with the theme and play a game of Heartbreakers. Carlos, be honest. Did you self-record that? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, I, actually th- I actually thought, honestly, when I put this on there, it's like, doesn't it sound like Matt did this, if I'm being honest? That's the first person I thought of. I was like, this sounds like Matt. Some serious projecting going on there. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, who's been uh, breaking your heart this season. Let's start with Avery on this one. Oh, Utah basketball has broken my heart. I I was out here saying that they're the fourth best team in the conference in December. And I will say, you know, given the circumstances of all the injury shit they've gone through, like they're in a bad position, but... Breaking Utah's consecutive losing streak, I think like their losing streak was broken from like the 40s. That's that's sad. I had really high expectations of Craig Smith, and I know it's his first year, but holy shit, this season has been brutal, and I'm really sad about it. And if I'm not allowed to choose Utah basketball, I am going to choose Craig Smith because I I really did think that he would. He would be competitive in this conference, and I was wrong. So we'll see how it goes, but just pathetic, yeah. just sad. They, <laughs> I'm so sad. They don't. Yeah, they don't. It's it's funny because they don't have a ton of pieces that you're like that stick out to you in terms of athleticism, but they certainly have pieces that you might just be like, hey, they should give a team fights, you know, most games. Uh, and I think they mostly do. Uh, but I don't know. It just feels to me that like with what's available to him. Brandon Carlson looked good early and I get that he has to do with a lot of injuries. Like Brandon Carlson was their best player and also was out for like half the season with like five different injuries or something ridiculous like that. Rolly Worcester looks like uh Raleigh Worcester. I always struggle to say it's pronounced Raleigh Wooster. Raleigh Wooster. Um, Raleigh Wooster. You know, he's like an aggressive kid and can really, really get after it. But I don't know. That's a, it's been a tough season for them. I certainly thought they'd, they'd be a little bit better than where they are. I thought that might be better than like Stanford and Cal and yeah, they're kind of, and you know, they're kind of a step below those teams. It's a good pick. Anyone have anything else to say about Utah as a heartbreaker this year? They're thoroughly depressing to watch. I hate watching them attempt to play basketball. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. It's how it, the off- defensively. I feel like ugh, they've fallen off. I feel like defense. I feel like early on, at least you could say, Hey, this team, like this team works defensively and they mostly know where to be now, but I don't know. And now 
and now people are kind of talking about the recruiting class might not like great in the upcoming it's year. Better than it was two months ago. So yeah. I think let's go. Yeah. There wasn't any recruits. There's no so commitments. One is an infinite improvement over so, zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next here. I think this one's a pretty obvious one, although there's still time for them to to mend fences with me. UCLA. I like how we're just picking our own teams now. <laughs> I wanted to pick UCLA. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll. Yeah, it's. Here's the thing: is right now UCLA has broken my heart. They're just coming off a loss to USC, an Isaiah Mobley-less USC team. Um, they're coming off uh, an ugly win against Stanford. They're coming off uh, their last four games. They're one in three. Um, they've lost to Arizona State, obviously, in Arizona. They just have not looked particularly good. Um, defensively, there's just a ton of lapses. I think some there's some issues with rotation and you know who's getting minutes and who isn't. Um, I think there's been a lot of issues with Cody Riley getting maybe too much minutes in some of those losses, although that was uh, remedied a little bit in the loss to USC where Miles Johnson got some more more time. Um, I don't I, that offensively. I, Whatever, I don't really care about UCLA's offense. I, th- I tend to think that as long as they're playing good defense and not turning the ball over offensively, they'll be fine and beat the shit out of whoever they want um, at within reason. So they just haven't they haven't been particularly committed and all there defensively. Offensively, they look ugly. They look a little sloppy. Um, Jaime Hawkes, I think, kind of figured to be National Player of the Year level guy entering the season. He's not really that, I guess, just because he's you know i mean that's not his game but he's also been injured he's been on a bum ankle um i don't know i mean i think they've got a lot of stuff to figure out i will say um there's time to mend fences because mick cronin has done this two years in a row with ucla now where ucla just looks like dog shit um kind of in late january early february we get to a point where ucla hits sort of rock bottom or kind of hits a low were and it's funny because it's always it's Arizona State you might have thought was a low but that was kind of like you know dumb loss against a bad team after a loss against an elite team uh and then you know just a letdown game that was stupid we could fix this but the USC game felt like oh shit something's wrong um they should have beaten this USC team you thought they'd be motivated to come out and beat this USC team given the fact that Mick Cronin is 0-4 against Andy Enfield but that didn't end up happening, so I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced that they're out of this yet. I think when they hit new lows and rock bottoms like that in previous years with Mick Cronin, they've found to found something else. Um, they've used those as opportunities to garner buy-in from players, and we'll see. We'll see if that ends, actually ends up happening. Right now, they're not in a good place. Uh, I think they're falling below people's expectations, but they might go on another one of those classic late February runs and uh, hopefully put something together. But that's who I was picking. Greg, uh, anything to add? Because it sounds like you were going to pick them too as your heartbreaker. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't even expect them to have, like, a top five regular season. But these last few weeks have just been gross. And the USC loss was so bad. So, so bad. You can't lose to USC without Evan Mobley. I don't care Isaiah if Mobley. Peterson. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> Too much NBA basketball. Well, you did it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can't lose to USC without Evan Mobley. Isaiah Mobley, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on, Greg. Uh, like, 
I bet on Pacific to beat. Just do it again. I, I bet on Pacific to beat uh, USC when I heard Mobley wasn't playing because we've all seen which Mobley was that again? Uh, that would be the one that currently plays for <laughs> USC. <laughs> um, but we've all seen what they look like without him, and it's bad. And suddenly UCLA made it look good, and it it was very disappointing because I, I I wanted UCLA to win that game best for the conference for UCLA to win that game and it hurt to watch them just be kept at arm's length by USC for most of the game I am significantly more worried about them for the next few weeks than they are I still think they'll be a really really good tournament team but their path might continue to get harder if they keep playing like this yeah the thing with UCLA is they're just not and this has been true and I don't think anyone has thought otherwise they're not like insanely talented. They've got a lot mm-hmm. of pretty talented guys, um, but they aren't like runners and jumpers and yeah, like guys who are NBA very talent. long. Yeah, I think there are two guys who I think could thrive in the NBA or even or even get the attention of scouts, and that's Peyton Watson and Jalen Clark. Peyton Watson because he's a freak because he's long. He's six nine and has those insanely long arms and is actually very defensively aware. Um, but you know, he's got a lot of work to do offensively Then Jalen Clark, just because he's also very athletic, kind of he, his trajectory is a lot like Russell Westbrook's at UCLA and that, um, you know, he's unheralded kid, but very athletic and kind of raw when he started and has, uh, really started to polish his game a little bit that to the point where he might, I don't know, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to the NBA draft and ends up getting picked somewhere in the first round. He has a great, um, you know, great combine or something. So those are the only two players and they're both bench players. Like, um, mm-hmm. Peyton Watson sometimes buried deep in the rotation. So, you know, they have to rely on effort. They've got to rely on buy-in. They've got to be like locked in and focused. And Mick Cronin did a really good job of getting them to that. But UCLA has a lot of really good college players. Like Jaime Hawkes is a fantastic college basketball player. Johnny Juzang is a really good college basketball player. Uh, to a lesser extent, like Jules Bernard is a good college basketball player. Miles Johnson can be Cody Riley in the last two minutes of games is. Uh, but when you're playing teams with players who are going to be really good in the NBA, it it can expose you. Uh, it can expose that lack of speed. Uh, and I'm, I'm worried about UCLA in that way, although I do think, I do think being good in college is still very valuable. Yeah. Matthew Hubertson, what were you going to say? I am shocked, utterly shocked, possibly appalled that this option is still on the board. It, it's Oregon I State. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> is, I'm, not sure, I mean, I'm not sure that it's heartbreaking when it's like you knew this was going to be bad early. No. Okay, but we didn't know no, it was going to be no. this bad. Oh, yeah. This is no, like yeah. unprecedented this is, levels They're playing of a bad. different sport true. right now. That's true. <laughs> I, the origin story of this podcast is Oregon State basketball. That's <laughs> probably true, actually. <laughs> That's not it's wrong. It's not probably true. <laughs> <laughs> we have one edit to our our Twitter profile picture, and it is for Oregon State. Like This is an Oregon State <laughs> podcast. And goodness gracious, the fighting tinkles have tinkled right on out. Here. <laughs> they're not really fighting. Like, this is no, they're absolutely. fighting each other. They are fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're just they, fighting each yeah. other. Yeah. It is so, so bad. 
um, yeah, in the absolute worst way. Like, there's not even the hope of, eh, but round two, they could do it again. Like, th- no. no, there's no chance. Like, don't even let them. They shouldn't even take the bus down to to Vegas. Like, just just, just give stay the there. one seat to buy. I think a lot of people forget that right, last season. The month leading up to the tournament, Oregon State started to look really good. They yeah. started to get some shocking wins. Like, I mean, nobody predicted it happening, but, like, it wasn't as insane. Now. Well, and they knew how to dribble the whole yeah, season. That's true. Like, they, they still could, like, do some stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they, there are times where they seriously, they don't, it feels like they don't even know that they can have five people on the court at the same time at, at certain times. Like, it's it's bad. By this time last year, uh, Oregon State was 500. Um, now, I think th- by this time last year, Oregon State had this sort of come-to-Jesus moment um, in that locker room where Wayne Tinkle said, some, at some point, we just kind of figured it out, and our guys kind of came together. Um, and then that's when they finished the season 4-2 and two in the regular season, went out in the conference tournament, and then found themselves in the Elite Eight. Um but there's no, there's no hope for that. Like there was, there's nothing there to build off of the way there was. There was some moments in that Oregon state season last year. They beat a ranked Oregon team. They hung with UCLA. They beat the shit out of Washington. They had Ethan Thompson. Um, but now there's nothing, there's nothing redeemable about this team. Nothing. Uh, they just, they just lay down on the floor every game. We know that they will lose early and we will not be forced to watch them. Yeah. any more than one game in the conference tournament. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, yeah, they are uh they're actually dead last uh unsurprisingly dead last in the Pac-12 in net rating, which is offensive rating, offensive rating minus defensive rating. So, um they're dead last in that. A uh, little trivia here. There's seven teams in the Pac-12 with a positive net rating, which means on average per 100 possessions they're outscoring their opponents, which means that they're like Anything above is like not a bad team. Can you name all seven of them? How about Arizona, we name the teams UCLA, that aren't? USC, okay. Utah, Utah, Oregon State, <laughs> Cal, Stanford. Stanford. Oh, I could see Stanford having a positive one. All right. So you said Utah, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal. Anyone else? UW. UW. Is that it? Yeah. Well, that's five, isn't it? Yeah. Here's, here they are. here's where they are. Oregon State. Yeah. Obvious one. You missed a big one. Arizona State. Pretty obvious. Oh, oh fuck. Duh. I keep forgetting about them. Uh, I forget they exist. Washington, mm-hmm. Cal, and Stanford. Which one was the one with the positive that we said? Utah. Utah, Utah has, has positive. a positive net rating. They have been <laughs> they having do. close games. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. They've yeah. been they've been competitive. I guess if if coming into the season you were just sort of like, I don't have any expectations for the team, but I want to see them be competitive. Analytically, they're competitive. Uh, you know, for the most rate for the most part. I mean I mean, if we just kind of look at the the point differentials, they lost by five to Colorado, three to Oregon. They beat the shit out of Oregon State by, what is this, 25. Lost to Washington in double overtime by four. Did get beat up a little bit by Washington State. Um, Only lost by 13. That's somewhat respectable to USC. Lost by five to UCLA, two to Arizona State. Um, It's not not bad for them. I mean, it's been a tough stretch because it's a lot of losses, but... Uh, it has not been. Just wanted to point that out because I was sorting through the net ratings. I was like, "Oh, Utah has a positive net rating. Very interesting." Um. Anyway, any other uh, heart melters? There's. A, I mean, Oregon. We haven't said Oregon. That's a big yeah. one. Oh my like, gosh. That's... Yeah, we haven't talked about what happened to Oregon specifically this week. Yeah. Right? Oh my god! Fucking Talk losing to Colorado. Bad. Just disgusting. No, yeah, they're down bad. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah no, they beat Colorado, duh. They did lose to Colorado one No, time. but Colorado, losing out. to Cal is much worse. Not just losing, blown out from the beginning. Without he was Andre never Kelly. close With without Andre, Andre Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Oh I didn't God. think Cal would win another game. Neither did I. <laughs> like, I thought against Oregon. Cal without Andre Kelly is much like UW without Terrell Brown. Like, he's their best player by mile. He's not as good as Terrell Brown, but, like, he does a ton for them. How do you lose to that team? I don't understand. Yeah. I and no here's, the, here's the thing about that game. It wasn't like... It wasn't like Cal just got hot from three, right? That can happen. Like, a team's just shooting lights out from three, they're not going to win, right? If they're shooting 50% from three as a team and are just kind of jacking them up there and they're going in, no way in hell. Cal only shot 35% from three. That's, like, not horrible, but it's, like, average at best. That's stretching it. Um, It's probably a little below average. Yeah, it means shooting wasn't what won Cal the game which is so much more embarrassing for Oregon. They just pushed them around. They just yeah. pushed Oregon around. And, you know, we, we should we should talk about this because it looked like Oregon was cementing itself as a tournament team. Um, mm-hmm. I think coming into this game, they were firmly in Joe Lenardi's bracket. That I, Now I think they're out. And it, it might be an uphill climb to recover from that because they had such a terrible out-of-conference slate. I think people will kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, who's but- left on their schedule? That's a good question. I think they have, or uh, I think they still have Arizona to play. Yeah, I'm looking it they up still now. Still play the Washington teams, right? Yeah, they've got Washington. So here's their here's their remaining slate. They got Washington State. They go at Arizona State at Arizona. Then they play UCLA uh, and USC. They host those games in Eugene, and then they finish off with Washington, Washington State. So they've got one, two, three, four, five. Four quad one games and one quad two game in that home game, Washington State. Their quad one games being Arizona, UCLA, USC, and at Washington State. Their quad two game is the hosting hosting Washington so they, State. They have Tonight, to get... they're actually playing right now. Why aren't we watching this game right now? Because you had to record before the uh, game. Yeah, that's that's right. I did have to record before the game. We're at 10. What's the score of that game? We're just going to uh, like... <laughs> Oregon's up 35-29 at half. Yeah, well, let's see how that holds. Um, so they, they need... The, so they this need is a must two, win for both of these teams. They need two quad one wins right i i honestly don't think anything washington state does in the regular season can get them into the tournament at this point i mean i mean oregon not washington state oh sorry yeah i was talking to carlos although washington state i do think i feel like i talked this is going to be stale by the time we actually this comes out tomorrow morning (laughs) because we'll know who won that game but that game podcasting is a a live medium what do you mean we, we should just go live on youtube from now on um Anyway, so that that game. I'm not showering for that. <laughs> not gonna clean up any of your mess in the back there. Not at all. <laughs> put put some decorations up there, Matt. I'm tired of looking Finish at it. No, no wall, one can Matt. see it. Finish that wall, Matt. <laughs> no, <laughs> the unfinishedness is part of the charm. It's part of the part of the part of the aesthetic. Unfinished is the new finished. Didn't you hear? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's probably the is the destination, not the journey. Yeah, well, exactly. Tell that to Oregon the, State. The journey is the destination. Um. Anyway, I think Washington State has a chance, and they I think they really need this game against it's Oregon. It's a slim to start chance. That. It is a slim chance, but the the because the they lost to Arizona State. The computers still love it, uh, Washington State. They're still very high on Washington State, given what we know about them. Forty six in Kempom right now. Um, that's that's right there. Um, now Joe Lenardi, they he they haven't really been on Joe Lenardi's radar like much this season. 
But at the end of the day, they're going to pay attention to these analytic systems in the net, um, and they are 46th in the net also. So they're they're technically still in the hunt more so than Oregon. Um, so I don't know. They that they 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 for me are probably another another team that's melting my heart. I kind of thought, especially that first game, even though it was a little rocky. First game of the season, it was like, hey, they've got some talented bigs. They've got, like, Muhammad Gay's really skilled. F.A. Abagidi is a looked... great uh, break-in-my-heart pick. Yeah. We thought he'd be much better than he has been. Noah Williams is another. Like, people were talking about him as the best two-way player in the Pac-12 coming into this season. He's been, at times, unplayable, um, which is crazy. It's nuts. Um it kind of makes you wonder about Kyle Smith. It's like people are talking about Kyle Smith is one of them, is an elite coach and he's going to take Washington State to do great things. And I don't know. It's just, it's a bit, it's been kind of rough. But anyway, any other, any other teams that have broken your heart, players, coaches? Arizona State sucking has warmed my heart. That, that was a <laughs> melting your heart situation. It's, it's been nice to see that. I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed the Bobby Hurley experience tremendously. Um, he's just such a hateable guy, too. Hey, um, we gotta, I think we should give Stanford some credit, uh, just for definitely being better than we expected them to be. But uh, have, I, I guess, I mean, I don't we know. We thought this they'd is... be like firmly bottom three, you know, we yeah, thought it would I be them, so. UW, and Cal, and I think they have been middle of the pack. They Which have is been better than we expected. It's, it's a lot like a, a a person that you ended up that you started dating, and it was like, yeah, that I have no expectations. You're like, yeah, actually, they're not so bad. Maybe you won't. I don't hate being long. with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not that I. I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced that, but that's what I hear. Anyway, um, okay. Well, then let's move on to talk about our rankings um, and the net rankings and all of that stuff to give people a lay of the land of the Pac-12 if no one else has any other heartbreakers. Uh, As always, I'm just going to spit out my basketball tiers and we're going to talk about them. Actually, I'll spit out my basketball tiers and then I'll spit out the net rankings so we can know where everyone is relative to the rest of the country. So uh, I've got Arizona alone as the Pac-12's best team, the elite. I think they are at this point that's what they are um that could change but i think they're alone there uh tier two i have usc in number two now because they beat ucla and because they did it without isaiah mobley and because ucla does not look good um and then i have ucla at three and then in tier three which i think are like uh, i call them bubble teams but not all of them are in the bubble like they're probably bubble ish sort of uh oregon bubble of the bubble yeah oregon washington state colorado stanford and washington uh, that's how I would kind of put in that upper tier. Tier four is like just bad teams or rebuilding or however you want to call it. Cal, Utah, Arizona State. And then obviously we talked about them a lot. Tier five, Oregon State. Um, just got awful trash. Um, and then the net rankings, I'm just going to read them off here really quick. Arizona is number two in the net rankings. Air, uh, UCLA dropped to number 14. USC uh, up, uh, dropped to number 28, actually. Uh, Washington State dropped to 46. Oregon, 62, Stanford, 91, Colorado, 94, Washington, 128, Utah, 130, Cal, 134, Arizona State, 135, and Oregon State all the way down there at 248. Any uh, reactions, surprises, shocks? I am forever surprised at how high Washington State is every week. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, with this week being an exception, is just that they don't really get blown out. Um they don't. In fact, I don't even. Who they recently play? Arizona was like a worse loss than the score suggests. 
Yeah, that's but right. they only they, lost by like eleven. They lost by twelve, and yeah, that was that was a blowout. That was not even close at any point in that game. Like um, at the beginning of the game, Washington State was winning. I think they were up by like ten, and then or was no, I'm thinking of the Washington game. But the Washington State game was close at the beginning. I think. Yeah. Um, and then they also lost to Arizona State. <laughs> Oof. Uh, which I didn't even, uh, I don't know. I just, anytime I see Arizona State on the schedule, I'm like, I'm not paying attention to them. I, I gave them so much energy early on because I thought they had some talent, and I think they did, but they just have been, they've been poopy, except for these games against Washington State and UCLA. That's the exact thing we're talking about <laughs> with this stupid conference. It's like, yeah, Arizona State, complete dog shit, laying down to everyone, except like teams who are like at the top of the conference. Um. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Crazy shit. They uh they ended up beating Washington State. So, any other reactions to that? Okay. Well, let's go on to our dad's discourse. Daddy, no. Daddy, yes. I was so worried we weren't gonna get that for a second there. So, I want to, today's Valentine's Day. Um, I need some good stories out of you guys. Um, as this is the first year. So this has been like the first year that my son has actually been old enough that like, we've really actually been able to holiday with him. Um, he really understood Christmas. He's like actually understanding the idea of giving out Valentine's and stuff like that. Um, did y'all like, did you guys pour over your Valentine's and make sure that like you were giving the correct messages to the correct people when doing like Valentine's day parties and stuff at school? I did. I was one of the ones that did generic valentines for everyone. I didn't give people special valentines. What does that mean? Like they all said the same exact thing. Isn't that what everyone does? That's what I thought. Wait, what? What is Riker out there uh, doing? Personalized? No, no, no. Is he uh, dropping dropping valentines? A little, little Sally. No, no, no. Shut up. (laughs) So, like, you go to the store and you get like your fifteen pack of of valentines because they have to be like paw patrol or batman or some shit and you pay like 45 dollars for it and they all say something different on it yeah right i would make i would make my valentines you made valentines that's way too much effort that's way more meaningful but it, it was always like just said happy valentine's day from avery like that's what it said Mm-hmm. You made your valentine. You didn't even put them from your pig. <laughs> no, but from I don't squirrel. know if they still do this in school. But you'd make like a Valentine's Day box that you, people would put your valentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Mine were always pig themed every year. Every year is pig themed. Are you kidding me? That's funny. It was always um, a pig. No, yeah, it's always random. I don't know. Is it like, oh yeah, I want to give this friend the one that says I'm, I'm, I don't know. What's a pig? Give me a pig pun for Valentine's Day. I'm well, I didn't give them curly pig Valentine's, but my Valentine's box was a pig. Oh. <laughs> would love it if you'd nibble my ear. Ooh, there's some great pig Valentine's out there. Let's let's work through these. Um, let's see. Rolling around in the mud with you. That's good, yeah. Um, what else do we have? Oh. You're my kind of slop. Oh, wow. yeah, that's a little. Oh, well, that's good. a little. Uh, what are these kids? Skin, what are these kids? <laughs> they're kids, they're, kids they're, they're five years old, Carlos. Okay, they're gonna grow up eventually. Um, you can't shelter them. <laughs> <laughs> kids need to know these things. This is right, Matt. I just was reading through like the ones that he had, and he's only got like six classmates right now. But like, oh, Ho- hogs like, and kisses. I was a little uncomfortable. Hogs and kisses. Yeah, hogs that's and good. Kisses, I love that's that. Good. <laughs> 
That's very good. Did you Google this? Is there a full? No, like, but I'm going to now. Pal- big Valentine's puns. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've got. I pig you to be my Valentine. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, 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 Valentine! Don't go bake in my heart. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. Pretty good. There's some good stuff on this here internet here. Uh, no, I don't. I just see a bunch of hugs and kisses, honestly. That's what people are. Valentine, you make me squeal. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you so handsome. It's pretty good. Nice. Uh, Ham is a trash meat. Uh, you you really make the cut. That's a that's an Avery one. Everybody yeah, everybody's not listening. Yeah. Nobody's listening to this no. podcast. If they made it this far, this isn't going to be what drives them away. Uh, anyway, uh, no, no one. I, I've never, I never, like, put my val- like gave people specific Valentine's Day well, card I'm things. So sick and tired of holidays that are just meant to get kids candy. This is bullshit. Just give them candy. Valentine's Day is shitty candy too. Like yeah, yeah. Heart shaped like Reese's are good though. Yeah, that's, that's true. But like, one in twelve kids give out the heart shaped Reese's. You know, the rest are like the bullshit. Smarties, sugar, no chocolate. No, yeah, yeah, that's dumb. I do like yeah. sweet tarts. The sweet tart hearts sweet tarts. go hard. I you, I, you know what? Them. I will be going to the store today. I mean tomorrow when they're cheaper. Yeah. Gotta get that and day get after. Get the sweet tart hearts because those are fire. <laughs> well, I hope you do. Hope they're good. Uh, anyway, so that was our dad's discourse. Thank you for that one, Matthew Britson. Had fun with it. Uh, My pleasure. I'm here to serve. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into our game predictions. All right, got a couple games picked out here for you. Uh, not, not not a great week, probably because there's only like four good teams in the Pac-12 now, sadly. Uh, but first up on Thursday, Washington State traveling to LA to play UCLA at 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I don't have a spread for this one, but I'm pretty sure Ken Palm has UCLA favorite in this one. Greg, who wins? I'm gonna go with UCLA. Bounce back. There it is. Grapes. I need to preface this by saying that I think it's clear that I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, <laughs> this. This season has gone to shit for me in all my predictions. But you know what? Give me Washington State. I don't think UCLA is going to bounce back that quick. Washington State is, I think, going to end up beating Oregon. So, yeah, give me Washington State. I really like Washington State still. Matthew Bridson? Yeah, go Bruins. All right. Uh, I'm going to pick UCLA here, I think. <sighs> if, they need, if they're going to go on this late February run early March run again they gotta start it now I don't think I think if they lose this one I might the wheels might be falling off here uh, alright Saturday February 19th this one is at 7pm Pacific Oregon traveling to Tucson to play Arizona uh, we'll see the result of this game and how much it matters in this Oregon Washington State game but uh, Avery who do you got winning this one Oregon or Arizona it's going to be Arizona why is this even a pick? Oregon's no. bad. We've All come right, to the fine. conclusion. <laughs> Greg? Uh, I said in the group chat, uh, I was excited for the Oregon-Arizona game because I wanted a new team to the, uh, oh, but this team would never lose to Arizona like that <laughs> list. And so I think Arizona is going to beat the shit out of them. Matthew Burton? Are you kidding me? This is so clearly the game that Oregon wins by no, third. It almost no. it started. To uh, feel it that feels way. like that, but it's, I refuse to give in. Uh, I refuse to give a, in. If this is a vibes, if we're doing our if we're doing our vibes pick, this one gives me bad vibes. 
this isn't even a vibe. This is natural order of the world. <laughs> like this is Arizona. This is not even, like, lost nothing to would a be bad. abnormal about this. I refuse to believe that the vibes of this conference can affect this Arizona team. That's a good point. A little, they do seem to proof. defy vibes, but that just might be. Uh oh, they're gonna lose to like in the first round, aren't they? Like mm. they've avoided bad vibes the whole season. It's true. And they're gonna get to the conference tournament. Peeking too all early. Catch up. Peeking too early. All right, here's one that might be bad vibes. I got one more extra here for you. Washington traveling to Los Angeles to play UCLA that same night, 7 p.m. Are we getting a big Terrell Brown game on the road, Avery? <laughs> okay, no, not even a bad vibe for that. I mean, one. sure. I mean, yeah, like, he'll he have a big will, game, but... but will it be enough? <laughs> he'll have 25, but... No, it won't be enough. He'll. We all know he'll have over 20 points because, of course, he will, but it's not going to be enough. Okay. Matthew Britson? Yeah, I agree. Greg? I, it's tough I to win concur. a game when you score 28 points as a team. <laughs> you concur, Greg? Yes. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, I am a little worried about this game. I'm more worried about this one than the Washington State one, if I'm being honest. Wow. Washington State style uh, matches up. UCLA matches up well with it, despite Washington's length on the front court. Uh, this Washington-UCLA game, it, it feels a little... This one gives me, as a UCLA fan, bad vibes, just because Terrell Brown could go off. Um, and because UCLA doesn't have very good one-on-one defenders, eh, who knows? Maybe he might Gary get an insane 40 points or something ridiculous like that. Um, so, I don't know. Okay. Well, that will do it for us for Avery at Brave underscore Grapes. I always have to think when I do this thing. I do really we just have to pl- practice. Do we want to plug the Twitter giveaway? Oh, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, so if you haven't followed us on Twitter at No Truck Stops Pod, uh, we are doing a Twitter giveaway. In fact, uh, when when did we say it would close? Friday? Friday. Yeah, Friday at 4 Pacific. I Giving think. away. If you, for some reason, are listening to this and not following us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you're doing that. I mean, I got people who listen on Reddit and need to knock them. But if you're on Twitter, if you need to sign up for a Twitter account, go ahead and sign up for a Twitter account. We are giving away an item from 19, is there 99 threads? Uh, they do a lot of really cool, like, vintage, retro college basketball stuff, clothing, shorts, shirts, T-shirts, jerseys, that sort of thing. Um, they were We were lucky enough to, to get some ourselves, and uh, we're giving one away. So win, like, and retweet that particular tweet, and follow us at No Truck Stops Pod to have a chance. The giveaway is going to close next Friday, the 18th, at... 4 p.m. Pacific. I guess this Friday, the 18th at 4 p.m. Pacific. And then we're going to choose a random winner. Everyone who retweets, likes, um, and uh, follows the No Truck Stops Pod account is basically entered to win. Uh, I don't know. We need, like, legal disclaimers or some shit. I don't know. I'm I'm not a lawyer. Who knows? We're just giving away a thing. Just go retweet Um, and like it and follow us, and we're giving away cool clothes. Yeah, hopefully no one, like, tries to pick the most expensive thing on there and is like, hey, well, I thought you could tell us to do whatever. Anyway, whatever. So go follow uh, go follow at No Truck Stops Pod on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're new at this. Uh, anyway, for Avery at Brave underscore Grapes and Greg at Banana Morphs and Matt Hubertson at Matt Nyber, I'm Carlos at Equity Brown. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not, Not even, even one. one. Oh, good job. <laughs>